eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease and a whole lot of love, you transform 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. LED headlights, spoilers, whatever you need. eBay Motors has it at affordable prices. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride every time. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May of 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. There's no place to escape to. This is the last podcast. On the left. (laughs) That's when the cannibalism started. Hey guys, um, on so today's episode, NPR Henry yeah. Zabrowski. I'm getting hey serious. Guys. This is my serious voice. Oh wow, um, Henry. Uh, just I think we got the test results back. Oh no. Yes, it looks like you're about to have a litter of puppies. Um, guys, important important territory we're entering today. Um, it's the final episode of Billy the Kid. And, oh man, um, I'm gonna miss Billy. We all are. Oh, we all man. are. But yeah. honestly, you don't have to worry about missing Billy because he's not dead. Yeah, he's still alive what? to this day, yes. He's 175 years old. 175 yes. years young? Is he still Billy the Kid? No, he is Billy the, I guess, the stone man. <laughs> Billy the fucking pile of guts. Yes. That does not roll off the tongue like Billy the Kid. But guys, I want to say, I know we're heading into controversial territory at the end of this episode. If we don't land this one Whew. i'm talking about a perfect 10 i'm talking about that little weird redhead girl with the broken ankles when she landed carrie strug carrie uh-huh. strug if we yeah. don't carrie strug <laughs> wow. this episode it's 1988 not, i think yeah yeah we <laughs> might not be allowed back into one of the worst parts of texas <laughs> all right well we definitely want to get back to waco they have the dr pepper museum yeah isn't that exciting yes. welcome to the last <laughs> podcast on the left everyone i am ben hanging out with henry and of course marcus i can't believe what a journey it's been these past three weeks and i can't believe that we are concluding our billy the kid series dog meat do you know how important this episode is how clutch this story is to your fucking texas cred Marcus hey, has been living up to a very oh, yes. high standard thus far. <laughs> yes. Hey, man, I'm living up to my family standards, which are the highest fucking standards there are. Almost Those cripplingly fucking- high. Almost made it so it made it difficult for you. Right. No, no, no. Hey, man, I was raised in Wild West history. I know this shit. I'm fucking into this. This has been fucking great. I've been having such a great time doing this. But you might start a fight. With some men with very big hats and very, very skinny bodies out there because they don't need enough. <laughs> oh, yeah. The people, the people of Haiko, we might get a fucking, we might get an email or two from the Billy the Kid Museum out in Haiko. Well, but- I disagree. And I'll tell you what, you even step one foot in Haiko, I won't let you into McDonald's because it's the only <laughs> restaurant we got. Oh, my goodness. And what other restaurant do you need? Breakfast, lunch? And dinner. All right, everyone. Let's get on to Billy the Kid, part four. Yeah. So, when, 
That's a so really actually. Laugh. That's a really good one. You're getting your you're getting your Texas yell on, buddy. Yeah, man. I might be a little cowboy, but my throat is wide. I'll <laughs> <laughs> suck dick. Okay, thank you. So when we last left Billy the Kid, he was nearing the peak of his infamy, and as a result, he was being hunted by posses both federal and local, with the local manhunt being led by Billy's nemesis, Pat Garrett. Boo! Boo! (laughs) Boo! Okay. No, we like him, right? Or we don't? Uh, Pat Garrett's an interesting character. I mean, he's somewhere in between. That's a way to mosey out of that. Yeah. (laughs) Him and Billy I find as equals. I find both of them both good and as bad as the other. Yeah. Well, let's decide together as a community. Is Pat Garrett good or bad? Perhaps we'll have the answers by the end of the episode. Perhaps. Now, at one point, these two manhunts joined forces. Under the guidance of federal agent Azariah Wild, a posse of 50 men, which included Pat Garrett, was put together to capture Billy not for the crime of murder, but for the more capitalist crime of cattle rustling. And that is just a part of American history of using financial crimes to catch murderers. Absolutely. Yeah. That's how they get them. May I just, I see the picture of Billy the Kid. What? 50 men? 50 men? 50 men He's to catch Billy man. the Kid? He is a, the equivalent of Jerry. Yeah. Wow, my little Jerry. I played a game with Jerry yesterday. Can he get out the door? And uh, he can. <laughs> <laughs> Did he? He escaped again? No, this was inside the house. Oh. He was getting out of the entertainment room, but I was playing like, can't get out the door, but then he tricked me. Well, Ben, you'd say that, you know, 50 men to catch Billy the Kid? Mm-hmm. They couldn't do it. Yep. What? Yeah. After Azaria Wild's grand sweep to flush out the kid failed to even come close to catching Billy, the federal agent went home because he figured <laughs> oh, he, they had actually caught quite a few outlaws. And at that point, the Texas Panhandle cattlemen said, like, well, it's enough to take the cattle rustling numbers down. So catch Billy if you want. We don't give a fuck. Yeah, they just kept catching other guys. So they'd go look for Billy and they'd find another outlaw and be like, well, I guess we'll arrest this fucking guy. (laughs) So you mean to tell me they're playing Red Dead Redemption and they can't get to the main mission because the side quests are too distracting? Exactly. (laughs) Stop with the wanted posters. Get to the main mission. (laughs) Once Azariah Wild went home, the hunt for Billy the Kid was solely in the hands of Pat Garrett. Pat Garrett. Billy the Kid no matter what. (laughs) (laughs) And Pat Garrett refocused the manhunt to capture Billy because Pat Garrett was there to serve warrants for the murders of Sheriff William Brady and Buckshot Roberts. And he's a a principled man and he will not. He he has decided this. This is his duty and he is not going to swerve. Hear me Mm -hmm. out. Exploding turkeys. Billy the Kid loves his turkeys. Put a couple of bombs (laughs) on some turkeys. Send them loose. Suicide bomb turkeys. Barely Kid runs after the turkey, picks it up. Three. Two, one. Oh no! Meanwhile, the other turkeys are all like, "Blade doesn't do anything involving your human-like walls, your human rules, your human wars. We're just here eating feed with our big succulent butts and our little, little big woggling nets." I love a good turkey neck. They didn't well, ask you- for this guerrilla warfare. No, they did not. Well, if you'll remember, Sheriff William Brady and Buckshot Roberts had both been killed during the Lincoln County War. And Billy was supposed to have been pardoned for both murders by Governor Wallace. Because remember, Billy had testified against the gang known as the Boys Mm -hmm. after they'd killed the one-armed lawyer, Houston Chapman. Mm. But as it was, the pardon never materialized. And Billy was now perpetually on the run. Now, after the wanted dead or alive posters appeared, Billy and his gang divided their time amongst familiar spots like Fort Sumner, 
where the gang spent most every night drinking and gambling at Beaver Smith's Old Saloon. I don't Ooh. want to drink at a saloon that is not named after a woodland creature. I, I want every it. man that owns a saloon to be named Beaver. Hedgehog. Ooh. Hedgehog Henderson. Yeah. That's a good saloon name. Froggy's McFroggerston's. I would go to Froggy oh. Saloon in a fucking heartbeat. I'm oh, with you. Ferret Fred's? Fuck yeah, um, man. I don't know about Ferret Fred's because you can shit on the floor in Ferret Fred, Fred's. Well, yeah, that's what makes it so fun. Now, although it might seem like a bad idea to hang around known haunts at this point in time, Billy was actually safest in places where people knew him because those people protected Billy and would warn him if they saw the law coming. And he also his reputation because there are mm -hmm. a lot of people who did think that he was a fucking serial killer. So mm -hmm. it kind of kept him safe as well. Mm. Yeah. But in the end, Pat Garrett was just too persistent. On December 18th, 1880, Pat Garrett and his gang of 12, which they had a fun little name for themselves. They called themselves the Panhandle Posse. Ooh, the Panhandle Posse. This is my question. Do you think that they sit and all choose a name? Like, do you think that there is an afternoon where they all like sit on logs and they're like, hmm. so what do we call this group of like-minded men? And they're like, well, we call ourselves... The Dickle Boys. Big Dickle Ooh, Boys. I like the like, Big Dickle yeah, Boys. I don't know about that. It's like, how about we call ourselves the, the Suck Dick Gang? Mm, maybe, what? Maybe the Front Butts. The Front yeah. Butts. Because we're all kind of, we have fupas. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know if other people give them the name or if it starts off as a joke and then it becomes serious. Um, mm. I don't know. Because like, the regulators, they're just like, we ought to give ourselves a name. Oh, you ever read that dime novel, The Regulators? Yeah, I love that one. All right, we're the regulators See, now. that's sweet, though. And they were all Smart. kids. Yeah, that makes mm -hmm. a lot of sense. Yeah, but these were grown men. Yeah. So the Panhandle Posse hid themselves in a building in Fort Sumner and began a stakeout waiting for Billy and his gang. Finally, after the Panhandle Posse spent five days holding up inside of a hospital building, the kids' gang rode into town. But Billy somehow got a sense that something wasn't right, so he told his gang, which included his dutiful sidekick, Tom O'Folliard, to ride ahead. Sure, Billy, you want me to ride? Do you want to maybe ride on my horse with me and I'll protect you <laughs> all your days, Billy? Oh my goodness, what kind of sidekick is this? He's the side simp. Oh, <laughs> but also this is an interesting the way they also break this down because they have all these different informants because one group had their informant go in and see where Pat Garrett was. And then that guy immediately flipped and told Pat Garrett where all of they all were. And so they <laughs> just knew where they all were. But Billy did have this weird sixth sense. And yeah. because it worked for him every time, he always listened to it. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's like if Spider-Man chewed tobacco. It'd be bad in the mask. Oh, yeah. horrible. No, it's just like uh, big uh, fucking wool brown stain. Uh, <laughs> uh, disgusting. Spider-Man with fucking throat and mouth cancer. God, if you've ever fucking, if you've ever put a fucking, you know, pinch of snuff in your mouth, you know how fucking gross that is. So oh, gross. Yeah. I used to do it all the time. Oh. I've drank a few spitters back in my yeah, day. Yeah, man, I threw yeah, up. I drank some, yeah, I drank some disgusting. spitters too. No. Well, Billy's instinct in this turned out to be correct. Because as soon as Billy's gang rode by the building where the Panhandle Posse was waiting, Garrett yelled out and told the outlaws to throw up their hands. Whoa! O'Folliard instinctively went for his six-shooter. Billy gets down! <laughs> before he could even get it out of the holster, one of Garrett's men, or Pat Garrett himself, shot Tom in the chest right below the heart. Well, that is unfair. I was barely able to untether my gun, and now I am dying. Honestly, that's the <laughs> ultimate sub. Well, the rest of the gang took off, and other than a wound to Dave Rudabaugh's horse, poor loyal Tom was the only casualty. 
As the other men rode away, O'Folliard sat on his horse, bleeding and begging Garrett to help him down. 45 minutes later, Billy the Kid's best friend was dead. But the Panhandle Posse weren't just satisfied to take down one of Billy's closest confidants. See, Billy's gang was a little rattled by the encounter. Fucking O'Folliard was one of their big, one of their best guys. He'd been around since the Regulators days. Yep. Mm. So they retreated to another familiar spot 12 miles away at the Wilcox Brazzle Ranch. There, they rode into the hills and hid in a building at a spot called Stinking Spring. No, I love the idea that they have like kind of like folklore names and like folklore like reasons why it's called Stinking Spring. But you mm-hmm. know, it's just where the Native Americans went to take a dump. No, and they I called it that so. for years. Maybe was it because what, what smells so bad again sulfur. in nature? Yeah, sulfur. Probably, Maybe it was yeah, around probably the sulfur. Is, yeah, yeah, because it actually, had their farts. They could go out there and fart over there because it already smelled like farts. Maybe they <laughs> called it Stinky Springs so no one else would go there. And maybe it smelled really good. It could be one of those things, like Devil's Creek, and be like, why is it called Devil's Creek? Because that's where we have our barbecues. Hmm. No, there's a fair amount of natural hot springs around New Mexico, so I would imagine it's you know one of them sulfur things. It's like when you go to Iceland and all the fucking showers smell like sulfur all the time. And then when you take a shower and you get out of the shower, the sulfur smell has filled your entire fucking hotel room. Mm -hmm. And then the entire time you're there, you just smell like sulfur. Well, never forget, there's not... uh, I didn't know it was a farty rock. I didn't know that that was what (laughs) Iceland was all about. The whole world is just a big farty rock. Yep. Isn't that something? Yeah, it's something. And whenever you get stressed, just think that. Yes, indeed. (laughs) Absolutely. By the next evening, Garrett's posse had tracked down Billy the Kid's gang. (gasps) And as the posse laid siege to the gang, a man appeared in the doorway of the gang's hideout wearing a distinctive hat, much like the old style sombrero that Billy the Kid used to wear. Oh my God, it's Raiden. <laughs> Whoa, damn. That'd be awesome. Well, it's not like a full like sombrero. It's not like a big, it's not like the type of like tourist sombrero that you mm. get at, in like, at like fucking Cabo Wabo. Like the old, like sombrero was just kind of an old name for like um, a distinctive wide brimmed hat of yeah. any kind the 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 hat that billy's wearing in the um in the picture that we know of that's considered a sombrero why why did i feel as if you were saying cabo wabo was not the authentic mexican experience yeah i mean i don't um <laughs> semi hagar which is what he yeah, calls hagar, himself when he's in cabo <laughs> yeah yes it is very very mexican now pat garrett wasn't necessarily of the opinion that billy the kid was one of the deadliest boys in the west just yet but he thought that if the kid was dead the gang would lose morale and give up. It'll make his job a lot easier. So upon seeing the distinctive hat in the doorway, Pat Garrett fired seven shots. What? Most of them hits. But the man in the doorway wasn't Billy the Kid. He was just wearing the wrong hat. Yep. Instead, it was Billy's friend, Charlie Beaudry, who, like Tom O'Folliard, had been with Billy since the regulator days. Now I know why you lent me your hat. (laughs) (laughs) Man, I'd like to say things have changed, but uh, unfortunately, I don't know if they have. Billy the Kid is not necessarily the most courageous man who's ever lived. No, he's not. I'm child. Child, yeah. He straight up did these things on purpose. Like, he would do that shit. He I had don't doubles. Know if he, he, I don't think he sacrificed Charlie Beaudry No, he loved purpose. Charlie Beaudry. He did not he liked do Charlie that. No, 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 no. That's, that's far beyond his character. Just so happened he was wearing the same hat. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's similar mm-hmm. hat. Yeah. Similar. Now, I don't know. Maybe they were having fun. Just screwing around. Oh, I love that. Them. Oh, I'm Billy the Kid. Look at me. We, look we, how we, poor we, I am. Everybody likes me. Oh, 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 oh. Mortally wounded, 
Baudry stumbled back into the building. It was obvious he was going to die soon. So Billy told him that even though the posse had murdered him, he should still kill some of those sons of bitches before he died. Yeah, this is a cool one, man. So they sent Charlie Baudry back outside with a gun and a <gasps> desire to go down in a blaze of glory. Yeah, I'm I mean, coming for you fucks. I'm coming for you, honey, you Second reference to Nordberg this week. We referenced him on side stories as well. They just made him full of more bullets. Yeah. <laughs> they were just like, oh, you already shot once. Go take a couple of more and maybe you can get one or two while, uh, while you're at it. That's how you do yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah, man. But Charlie had just been shot too many times. Oh, oh fuck. man. Oh, yeah. hey, fuck, come here. I'll fucking stab you. Just get closer. So he wasn't fucking able to even here, lift man. the gun. Fucking bleeding here, Fucking bleeding here. Fucking bleeding here. too deep, man. And instead, Charlie Beaudry stumbled toward Pat Garrett saying, quote, I wish... I wish, I wish, I'm dying. And then Charlie Beaudry did just that. (laughs) Oh, man. And then as we learned from South Park, you immediately shit yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Now, it was apparent at this point, after losing two men in as many days, that Pat Garrett was playing this man hunt aggressively. Oh, this guy's being kind of aggro right now. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he so seems Billy, to not be taking any prisoners. I don't know what we did wow. to make him do this. So Billy tried coming up with an escape plan before all of them ended up dead. In a typically daring scheme, Billy planned to lead a horse inside the building so he could ride out of the narrow doorway in a mad dash, hopefully taking the posse by surprise just enough where he could avoid getting shot. And then while the posse is busy with him, the other two guys could let it light out as well. Well, so you remember, this is like in a movie. It's exactly what you think. It is a tiny little building in Uh a gulch. And they are completely surrounded mm. by men and horses. Okay. So they're mm-hmm. all just hanging inside of it. And they had shot the other two horses that were already in front of it. Yep. And Garrett was taking no chances with Billy the Kid. So he shot this horse as well as it was walking through the door. Well, actually, first he tried shooting the lead rope. Because that's how good of a shot Pat Garrett was. He's like, ah, you know, if I just, I don't want to have to kill this horse. So if I just shoot the rope, then Billy won't be able to lead the horse inside. But then we couldn't shoot the rope. He goes, ah, fuck it, just kill the horse. Shoot it, man. Oh, man. (laughs) Yeah, so the horse, and once they killed it, horse is huge. It blocked the only way out of the building. And I am Mr. Dad. Oh. oh, he called him Mr. Dead. Instead of Mr. Ed. Actually, that's a cool goth version of Mr. Ed. Yeah, Mr. We should Dead. save that for our cartoons. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was at this point that Billy and Garrett started an almost cinematic back and forth. Garrett called out asking Billy how he is fixed in there. And Billy said they're doing pretty good, but they didn't have any wood for breakfast. So Garrett asked Billy to come out and be sociable. What, is he a this. beaver? What do you mean there's no wood for breakfast? <laughs> yeah, to make a fire, man. To make a fire. This is this is like a John Woo movie, dude. <laughs> yeah, this is like what you're like trading bar. What do you oh, think? This is 1880. Bark. Okay. This is 1881. You think they got fucking pop tarts in there? Like, I have no idea what happens. <laughs> Go-gurts? I'm not sure what these people how they survived without all these unbelievable foods we don't need. The only Go-gurts then were man-made Go-gurts that oh you made in your pants. <laughs> Yikes. So Garrett asked Billy to come out and be sociable. And to this. Billy the Kid told him to go straight to hell. Yeah. Whoa. Next, the posse heard what sounded like digging and picking coming from the building. And before long, the posse figured out that the gang were digging holes in the wall to make gun ports. Mm. The, 
it's about to be a fucking battle. We're gonna we're they're trying to do a do a fucking repeat of the five days battle in Lincoln. Yeah. Wow. So, but to fucking head that off at the pass, Garrett ordered his men to fire at the source of the sounds. Stop that plan as well. Oh my goodness! And the whole time they're in the stinky gulch. Dare I say those are farting words? <laughs> <laughs> that is clever. <laughs> that is uh, that is. Yeah, that I woke is up on the right side of the bed today. <laughs> yeah, the underneath it. <laughs> well, we well, finally got Billy's gang out of their fortifications at Stinking Springs, though, was hunger, <gasps> plain and simple. Knowing that Billy's men had run out of food during the days-long siege, Ben, this this seems like a solution that you would come up with. All right, let's hear it out. Pat Garrett ordered his men to cook the biggest tastiest meal their provisions could muster. This this is called the Chipotle technique. Yes, the old (laughs) Ponderosa buffet idea. The smell of flame-roasted beef was the final straw for the outlaws. And Are after they fucking t- Looney Tune characters? Man, Are you kidding me? Kids, man, Are so you kidding? Let's smoke them out. I have a better idea. Let's, let's cook them out. Let's cook them in. <laughs> and after taking a vote, they agreed to surrender, despite Billy the Kid's insistence they should hold out to the end. Guys, I vote that we go eat breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> Billy the Kid was the last one to leave the building but he was finally in the custody of Pat Garrett. Wow. And of course, once Billy came out, he turned on the charm. The posse man said that he was cheerful and chattering, joking that the only reason why he gave up was because he thought Garrett had 200 Texans outside waiting for him. The gang was then disarmed, fed, and taken to the Wilcox Brazel Ranch under threat of an on-the-spot execution if they tried to flee. Mm. Billy, though, already media savvy, looked at his capture almost as a PR opportunity, saying that once people got to know him, he hoped that they might now think of him as half-human instead of all-animal. Jared Fogle also tried this. Yeah, it didn't work out. (laughs) It didn't work out. (laughs) But Billy the Kid also kind of, in a way, thought like, I'll just escape again. This is what I do, man. Yeah, Yeah. fucking, because every single time, it seems to be they bring me in closer, I find an opportunity to wiggle my way out. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, after gathering themselves, the posse took Billy and his gang to Las Vegas, New Mexico, where preparations were being made to take the outlaws to the territorial capital of Santa Fe by train. Upon arriving in Las Vegas, New Mexico, Billy joyfully greeted the crowds and made jokes about how he was just stopping by to see how everyone was doing. It's so funny, man. It's actually kind of crazy because everyone's just like, Billy, you're fucking crazy. You're crazy, <laughs> Billy. And he's like, hey, I whistle sometimes, too. Oh, and they're wow. like, oh, Billy, you crazy. The fucking the crowds gave him all the wonder and curiosity that people give to a celebrity. He's just a straight up fucking celebrity now. I just feel bad for the couple from Wisconsin who gets off the plane. They got their little little sunscreen on their nose and they're ready to go gambling in Las Vegas. It's Las Vegas, New Mexico. Las Vegas, New Mexico. And they're like, oh, hey, Barb, I think we in the wrong Las Vegas oh, here. Barb, a man <laughs> just gave me free methamphetamine. Oh, man. Oh, gosh, Barb. <laughs> But gang member Dave Rudabaugh, however, was offered no such hospitality. <gasps> he was loathed in the town of Las Vegas. Why? Because before he'd hooked up with the kid, he had killed a beloved local lawman by the name of Valdez. Yeah, and then Billy's like, it ain't me! Yeah. Yeah, finally. But while the people of Las Vegas bided their time for Rudabaugh's neck, Billy the Kid gave an easygoing interview to the same newspaper that had given Billy his most famous alias. Again, Billy joked through most of it, saying the laugh was on him this time. 
and asking the reporter if the jail in Santa Fe was any better than the one where he was being held. It's cute. He's <laughs> fun. He's a funny guy. People yeah. like him. Yeah. Eventually, Billy and his gang were put on a train to Santa Fe to face judgment for their actions. But once gang member Dave Rudabaugh was moved out of the Las Vegas jail, a mob gathered to keep him in town to answer for the murder of Deputy Valdez. This is back when the American people could all stand together and say, let's kill a man as one. Wow. Isn't (laughs) that it takes all kinds. It wasn't a, they weren't trying to lynch him on the spot. They wanted to try him in yeah, Las there. Vegas. They wanted yeah. him there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there's probably one guy with a, one guy with a quill being like, I'll tickle him. It's <laughs> like, all right, leave old pervy Steve out of this. Yeah, no, I'll tickle him. How about a little bit of a spanking? That's oh. what he needs. <laughs> what he needs is several minutes inside of my medical bath. What if I just kiss him? <laughs> 35 people gathered to stop the train from leaving town. And as Pat Garrett and his posse did their best to keep the mob at bay, Billy the Kid sat back and gave another interview to a reporter. <laughs> the chaos in this scene is, is kind of, it's so cinematic and yeah. fucking awesome because the train is just on the tracks and the crowd is just, oh, they're on the tracks. And they're basically saying, there's more of us than you. We'll come in there and kill all of you guys inside of the train unless you give us fucking Rudaball, right? Okay. Meanwhile, all the people inside of the train all have guns and are waiting to shoot. Meanwhile, like, Billy the Kid is giving an interview out the window. Like, to another <laughs> wow. reporter being like, ain't this shit fucking crazy? Look at this shit I gotta deal with all the time. <laughs> That's insane. It's so fun. It's, it's, it's just yeah. very, like, you know, it's just chaos reigns. Absolutely. Yeah. Eventually, though, a local merchant convinced the mob to allow Garrett to take care of Rudabaugh legally, especially after it was pointed out that the whole mob was in danger of being guilty of a hanging offense, delaying the United States mail. That was a huge crime in the Old West. That was was one of the only crimes that was punishable by death, I believe, at the time, too, where it's like you could even get away with murder during the time period. But you are... the U.S. mail was don't, highly protected. Don't mess mm-hmm. with the mail. Yeah. I mean, well, murder was, you could argue for murder. Like, yeah. you know, vengeance, you could argue for, you know, he called me a liar. You could, he tried to kill me first. We got into a fight. I accidentally did it. Sorry. Yeah, you could, actually, you could get along. You could get away with murder easier than you can get away with fucking stealing a letter. Yeah. Yeah. But also, wasn't it true that Pat Garrett, wasn't there a moment, because I seem to remember this from To Hell on a Fast Horse, was that Pat Garrett looked at Billy the Kid. At some point, they were all stuck, then wondering whether or not that posse was going to kill all of them. And he kind of thought, like, we might as well give Billy a gun, too, because they're going to fucking kill him, too. If they don't think so, we all got to fucking fight our way out of this. I would imagine if they rushed, Pat Garrett would have tossed Billy a gun, because Billy's one hell of a gunfighter. Like, he can fucking do it, man. That's like giving Charles Manson a dune buggy in prison. Honestly, man, (laughs) give him a salt lick so he can pretend he's eating pussy. (laughs) A salt lick? Hey, man. Oh, my goodness. You're talking about that desert. All right. But even though Billy was taking a train to stand in a trial, he had no hope of winning. He did his best to convince everyone around him that he was a harmless goofball amusing fellow passengers by demonstrating just how far he could bite into a piece of pie. That's cute. <laughs> it's cute, but that's always that's always Billy the Kid's game, game when he gets mm-hmm. captured, is that he is trying oh, to relax me. everyone. He's yeah, trying to sh- with me. I'm his little yeah. guy. I'm his little guy. Yeah, he's trying to show everyone that he's harmless. And during this trip, he even managed to turn the opinion of the reporter from the Las Vegas Gazette. Las Vegas Gazette reporter wrote that when you looked at Billy the Kid and listened to his conversation, 
it was difficult to believe that you were in the presence of such a red-handed murderer. But wow. he was. Don't you fucking forget that, too, because he will fucking shoot you in the head. He did have what we would now call a sense of glibness. Like, well, essentially, mm-hmm. like, I don't think that he is a full-on psychopath, but I do no. think that he... he uh, how do you put this? He became as comfortable with murder as any sane person can. During this time period, it, mm-hmm. it was a it was a way it was part of his life. So if you took him and put him in quote unquote regular society, he would appear to be a raving psychopath because he would shoot you at the fucking at the drop of that if he had to, if he felt he had to, if he felt he had to. But if also when it comes to, down yeah. to it, like, but also you know he liked to have fun. I mean, to be sure, Billy the Kid was a murderer. Just mm-hmm. before the train reached the territorial capital of Santa Fe, the kid casually remarked to Pat Garrett that those who live by the sword die by the sword. Yep. Now, when Billy arrived in Santa Fe, he was just as, if not more beloved than he'd been in Las Vegas, New Mexico. He had a steady stream of visitors to his cell, many of whom brought him gifts of gum, candy, pies, nuts, and cigarettes. Oh That's my a lot, God. man. That is literally you, Marcus. That's that is what he all, likes. If Marcus is that ever is... incarcerated, he'll be the only one to get detained for smuggling a bunch of fucking candy up his asshole. Be like, you know you can't do that. He's like, just please, you guys don't have urn brew. I hope you don't. Do not boof that urn brew because it's going to hurt coming out. <laughs> no. But also, yeah, when we were at Cincinnati, some rep from Airheads gave you an entire box of Airhead sour candies. It was too much Airheads. But it was Thank very you. sweet. Thank you. It Thank was very you so sweet. Much. It was, but it was, God, it was so much. You can't kill me with that candy, man. It's too yeah. much candy. But you have the same diet as Billy the Kid. Yeah. BTK, yeah. man. In mm. many ways. Oh, yes, we're trying to rebrand BTK as Billy yes. the Kid. We'll see mm. if it happens. Well, Pat Garrett was also enjoying his moment in the sun, seeing as how he was now the man who had captured New Mexico's most supposedly dangerous criminal. Mm. Would you not say that this is kind of like the it's the Batman Joker uh, element where they both understood that they both like featured in each other's lives very importantly. Like Pat Garrett looked at Billy the Kid as somebody who's like, you you complete me. Yeah. Yeah, Mm. I think so. No, they were definitely two sides of the same coin. But even though Billy was enjoying himself, he wasn't sitting still. While he and his gang awaited trial, they got to work digging beneath the cell wall of the jail, hiding dirt and stones in their bedding. But this too was discovered, and afterward the gang was heavily shackled and constantly guarded from that point until the trial. Mm. What's somewhat sad about all this, though, is that while Billy the Kid was on trial for the murders of Sheriff Brady and Buckshot Roberts, he never stopped writing letters to Governor Wallace asking for the goddamn pardon that he was goddamn promised. I had actually view it, put it towards the young naivete. I mm-hmm. would put it towards like a hope, like this idea of being like, you don't really want to end the story of Billy the Kid now, do you? Mm-hmm. No, he's got a whole competitive eating career that he could have had. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Crazy legs. Yes, indeed. Wallace, of course, had no response at all, most likely because Billy the Kid had become too infamous to pardon. Mm-hmm. Wallace probably figured that if he just waited it out, Billy the Kid would be dead sooner rather than later. And who's going to remember some punk kid outlaw after he's dead and gone? How dare you say that, <laughs> mister? I'm sorry, I just turned into a man a man from Heiko for a second. <laughs> How dare you try to dissolve the memory of Billy the Kid? <laughs> and at the time, Wallace was making a safe bet. Had Billy just been tried and hanged, Wallace might have gotten his wish. We might not even be talking about Billy the Kid right now. Hmm. And all signs were pointing towards a swift verdict and an even swifter execution. 
Hmm. See, the circumstances of Billy's trial were heavily weighted against him. The judge gave the jury instructions that all the prosecution had to do to prove Billy's guilt, they just had to prove that Billy was present at the murders. It's a very wide parameter. Well, Mm -hmm. he was the Mm -hmm. one who was chosen to take the fall, essentially, Mm -hmm. by the government. They're like, somebody has got to be, someone's got to get this punishment that's coming. And Billy the Kid's the most famous one. So we got to kill him, because if we kill him, then that shows all the other outlaws, even the most charming of you, we Mm -hmm. will hang. Absolutely. Following that very broad instruction, Billy the Kid was found guilty of murder in the first degree and was sentenced to be hanged from the neck until he was dead in a month's time. Oh. In the location where the deeds were done, Lincoln County. And that's where we'll end our episode. I What a sad <laughs> short nice? life. And, then, and I can't yes. believe that there was like nothing else exciting that happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nothing at all. And of course, seeing as how Pat Garrett was sheriff of Lincoln County, it was his job to take Billy back to Lincoln to await execution. And Garrett would be damned if Billy was to make one of his infamous escapes on the way back. Hmm. On the 145-mile-long wagon ride, Ooh, Billy God, the Kid... that must have Freaking nightmare, dude. Billy the Kid was handcuffed, shackled, and surrounded by seven armed guards. Mm-hmm. Three on horseback, one guy on each side and one guy in the back, one guy beside him in the wagon, and two guys facing him in the wagon. All hmm. of them armed and ready to draw and kill at a moment's notice. Yeah, that's just, what's called. That's what's called when you're traveling con horse. Yeah, con <laughs> horse. It's not. That's not very fun. Um, if they all just shot right and Billy ducked, they would all just shoot each other. If this was a Three Stooges short, I'm just saying I don't know if it's necessarily the best the best way because the people on the sides and the people facing one another can't shoot. It's a deterrent. It, it was, it's just they're all. The I mean, they're also not. I mean, yeah. They, Henry's right. These are not just like dumb shit farmers that they're hired. Like these are all like professional shots. These guys know how to shoot a guy without shooting their friend. Okay. It's also a show of force. It's it's a lot of things, right? It's for everybody to see. It's to see how serious we take this guy. We're not letting this guy out no matter what. Mm-mm. You got, was it 12 eyeballs on him, right? Because mm-hmm. it's the thing is that like he could maybe not be able to. Not that's everyone if one had of two them eyes. That's what I'm saying, yeah. Uh-huh. Well, two of those guys have one eye. Yeah. And, and like, so if he came out. Together, like, we're like one ahead. <laughs> we're like one full head. And also remember, Billy the Kid has allies too. But oh, yeah. not every single one of his gang is, has been murdered at this point. So you know they've got to protect other. They've got to protect him from other guys coming in uh, and to trying to break him out. Yeah, come okay. get him. What's interesting though is that Pat Garrett, like everyone else, he had nothing but the nicest things to say about Billy personally, remarking that Billy had a plausible excuse for each and every crime except maybe the killing of the blacksmith Jimmy Carlisle. This is kind of where all of the movies kind of come into play, like these scenes, like the idea mm-hmm. of them getting to know each other over this 145 mile long trip where they kind of get to and sit. And also the train ride, too. Oh, yes. And they got to talk and hang out. And it's kind of strange because I do. You see that all the time. People talk about with their like serial killers kind of talk about it all the time with certain cops. They become yeah. kind of end up becoming friends, like the ones that like heavily investigate them. Like Henry Lee Lucas famously became essentially friends with all of those cops where they're just yeah. been like, really likes his milkshakes. It's been like, that's all you got to say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Even Dennis Rader felt like such a strong connection to the guy who eventually caught him. Cause it was the gets... only man he respected because he's a fucking piece of shit. Yeah. All right. Brave stance on Dennis Rader. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I'm sorry. I don't mean to. Oh, oh. 
Well, in turn, Billy told Garrett that he had no enmity towards him, acknowledging that Pat had done his duty without malice and had treated Billy with marked leniency and kindness. In other words, I think Billy the Kid liked anyone who didn't bully him. That's really the that's really the only standard. But didn't Pat Garrett also think that he shot Billy the Kid seven times, but it was another dude in Billy the Kid's hat? That's fair game. It's okay, fair game. It just West. seems like Pat Garrett also would have really just loved to kill him. But <laughs> don't hate the player, hate the game, bro. I'm with you. I'm with I'm, you. I mean, really, that that was Billy's whole thing. He's like, man, this is the way it goes. Where you're a lawman, I'm an outlaw. This is, you know, you're gonna try to kill me, but they ain't nothing personal. That's the that was his whole point. Yeah, man. It ain't nothing right. personal. This it's is, weird. He killed you his two your, best friends, and he's I mean, like, I like this guy. He's <laughs> like, you got your job, I got mine. This is this is the way it goes. It reminds me of that car- cartoon. I have no idea why it sticks in my head. Where they clock in and then they fight and they fight and they fight and then they clock out. And they, <laughs> it's they, very they, similar. Good to see you. And they like drive yeah, away. It's it, it's ridiculous in many ways. It's yeah. kind of nice. It's a simpler world when you yeah. see, like, you know what it comes down to. But like he could still recognize the humanity of each other. And they fulfilled their societal roles. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. true. It's kind of nice in a way. Live from your grave. The only acceptable reason to interrupt a podcast? Your dog. <coughs> that was your dog saying thank you for BarkBox. You can take a minute now. You bet your dog. But you're going to learn about Bark. It's the company dedicated to making dogs happy. Yay. Every month, BarkBox decides and delivers a whole new collection of toys and treats just for your best bud. No, Wendy, I can't get you a whip. You're too cute for weapons. Every treat is made with yummy, healthy, all-natural ingredients like pumpkin and sweet potato. Mmm, tubers. My dogs love their toys selectively. But BarkBox sends good little ones for their little tiny mouths. They have little mouths but strong, big spirits. So they fight over the little toys. I imagine they think that they are hunting and going after little bugs and rats. And, oh, they love their life, and they love the, They love what BarkBox brings because BarkBox brings the bark and puts it in a box. Yep. To get your free upgrade, go to BarkBox.com slash L-E-F-T. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. Finding work-life balance can be tough, but Squarespace gives you the tools to reach your goals and have time to celebrate. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. With the new guided design system, Squarespace Blueprint, you can select from curated layout and styling options to create a personalized website optimized for every device. Get your website discovered fast with integrated, optimized SEO tools. Plus, make checkout easy for customers with easy-to-use payment tools. And with Squarespace AI, you can explain what your site is about, choose your tone, enter what you need, and get auto-generated text. And that helps you save time. I know I'm sitting on about two literal wheelbarrows filled with horse pics. Now, part of the issue has been is a lot of these pictures are getting stopped at customs because some of them do depict various world leaders in horse-like circumstances that seems to be pinging a lot of these custom agents' accounts. Now, so what I've done to do is like, so while I'm trying to work on hand smuggling these horse pics over various country borders, I then also have time because Squarespace is doing all the other ad work for me to go and work on my killdozer at home. So thank you, Squarespace, for allowing me to diversify in the best way possible for this country. 
Head to squarespace.com for a free trial when you're ready to launch. Go to squarespace.com slash left to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Every day, I fight to set my child up for success, which is why, as I sit and read Carmi and Wendy Dune, trying to explain to them the concepts of the savior complex not working, doubling back on itself, the concept of what does it mean to be a living God? What are those limitations? What are those expectations? And honestly, I know they just want chicken. But there are kids out there that need this type of direct help. And IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids covering math, language, arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed to help them understand and master topics in a fun way, not unlike me. Reading children, Dune Messiah, getting to about 365, seeing where they're at, see if they understand anything. There's no more grading these worksheets. IXL grades everything itself. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. You can't even believe it. You don't want to make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And last podcast in the left listeners could get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com slash left. Visit IXL.com slash left to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Now, on April 21st, 1881, Billy the Kid arrived back in Lincoln for the last time and was put under the guard of two men named James Bell and Bob Olinger. Boo! Boo! <laughs> you don't like these guys? Yeah, Bob Olinger's a bastard. Okay. Yeah. When it came to guarding Billy the Kid, though, Pat Garrett should have known that Billy's talent in escape wasn't during transportation. Mm-hmm. It wasn't when you're taking him from one place to the other that you need seven guards on him. Instead, Billy was an expert at escaping from jails. Mm. And the Lincoln County Jail would be no exception because Billy had already escaped from it multiple times. This is the chimney escape, I believe, correct? One of the chimney yeah, one escapes. One of the chimney okay. escapes. But perhaps in a moment of hubris, Pat may have thought that Billy had never escaped while Pat was in charge. Sure. So only three men, including Pat, were charged with guarding the kid. The other two men in question were James Bell and Bob Olinger. Now, most everyone liked James Bell, but Bob Olinger was just another bully. He was described as the meanest man in New Mexico. Boom. Wow. Yeah. That's a no, lot. That, that is on, on, on the top of a lot of mean men. Yeah, High dude. bar. And even Pat Garrett said that Olinger was born a murderer at heart. And that's why I'm hiring you. Wow. And I appreciated you put that on your LinkedIn. Yes, indeed. Well, that's how you know you want him. Furthermore, Olinger was a bad pick because he and Billy the Kid had bad blood. Olinger had killed a friend of Billy's the previous year. Olinger had ridden with James Dolan's men in the Lincoln County War. Ooh, that's and, when the audience goes, ooh. ooh. <laughs> and as I said, he was a bully. And Billy the Kid especially liked killing bullies. Of course. But perhaps Olinger's biggest sin with Billy the Kid was that he was arrogant and cavalier towards one of the great escape artists of the Old West. Olinger was actually doing such a bad job that a concerned citizen wrote a letter warning Olinger to shape up. It read in part, You have guarded many prisoners and faced danger many a time and apprehended them. 
and you think that you are invincible and get away with anything. But I'll tell you what, as good as a man as you are, that if Billy is shown the slightest chance on earth, if he is allowed the use of one hand, or if he is not watched every moment from now until the moment he is executed, he will effect some plan by which he will murder the whole of you before you have time to even suspect that he has even any such intention. This is why every single person needs to listen to the Hank Hill of their community. Yeah, I'll, tell you what, I'll tell you what. Because Hank he has say I tell you what. I'll tell you what. He did not say I tell you what. He might as well have. He may as well have. I'll tell you what. But he's a Hank Hill. He's, and you he's better be darn safe. Henry, you just think every person with a Western accent starts every single sentence with I tell you what. You tell me they don't. Tell me what <laughs> that they don't. I have heard I'm, it before. I'll tell I'm, you what. I've never heard any person besides Hank Hill start every sentence with "I tell you what." That's I've because they're that's because they're saying "I'll tell you what" it's about like, you. But like, I'll tell you what <laughs> that Marcus Parks that was just here. I think he's a little he's a little light in the left hand, if you know what I mean. Like yeah. I don't know what they say. He's a Texas denier. <laughs> yes, indeed. But I'll also, tell you what. So Staten Island, they say in Staten Island that every sentence in Staten Island doesn't begin with "Hey oh." Seventy-five percent. It does. Yeah, they really do. <laughs> Well, this warning was absolutely 100% correct. See, Billy kept up the same act he'd played during his capture and trial, smiling and joking to encourage a relaxed atmosphere around the jail. It became so relaxed that Olinger once left a pistol on a table right in front of Billy the Kid. Oh, my God. But someone in the room who had an ounce of goddamn sense picked it up and yelled at Olinger for being an idiot before Billy could grab it. That's where, like, Billy the Kid is such an interesting character in the fact that, like, you'd assume with no formal education that he would not really be able to do things where he, like, set up set pieces. Like, Mm -hmm. he would set up Mm -hmm. the pieces of his escape as he went. But something about his street smarts, he was such a, like, truly what you said, the greatest escape artist probably of all time. Like, in terms of, like, if you look at other people who have escaped from various prisons, he kept doing it. Mm -hmm. But, like... He bought one of the guards trust by not taking the gun. The gun got put in front of him and Billy Kid's looking at it. The guy comes, takes it away and be like, yeah, God damn it. Why you can't put it in front of me, Billy Kid? He'd be like, I'm just sitting. I'm just depressed. Mm-hmm. Why would mm-hmm. I take a gun? Meanwhile, because he knows that he just set up again. Like he just set it up being like, yep. you're going to fuck up again. And I know what I'm watching. Seems yep. like he's trying to clown his way out of this situation. That's how you do it, buddy. You, If you are not physically able, you have to use jokes. Much like mm-hmm. Roberta Bonini in Life is Beautiful. Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Why did we bring in the fucking Holocaust? Since this fucking <laughs> I brought it. Song, Life right? is Beautiful. Roberta Bonini. No, but it's a Holocaust clown. It's a Holocaust clown. She- Holocaust Clown in Oscar. He won an Oscar. So hate Holocaust. I hate Holocaust clowns. Holoclowns. I hate Holoclowns. Hear me out, guys. There's a lot of atrocities around the world. We're the hollow clowns, right? So we go to North Korea. There's a bunch of people in Holocaust right now in China. We bring entertainment to them. See? But even though Olinger was a halfwit, Pat Garrett was surprisingly on the ball despite his past and future reputation as a fuck up. Really, Pat Garrett, the time he spent Billy the Kid was the only time in his life when he was fucking on it. Mm. And he knew what the fuck he was doing at all times. Because the eye of the world was on him. Yeah. And as long as he was around, Billy wasn't going anywhere. But luckily for Billy, Pat Garrett was an elected official. And it's the first and only time Pat Garrett fucked up. See, part of the sheriff's job in Lincoln County was to collect taxes. And Mm. taxes over at the town of White Oak 
were due before Billy's execution was oh, going to come to pass. God. Interesting. Oh, God. I got to go do my fucking job. Oh. Yeah. God. So Garrett rode out to White Oaks and left explicit instructions for both Bob Olinger and James Bell on how to handle Billy the Kid. He very, And he was very strict with, he told them like, if you follow these exact instructions, you will live until I get back. If you don't, you will be dead before I'm done. Honestly, Jesus, it's like Michael Myers. I just don't know why they didn't understand that truly all you, I know this is um, this is a, a Monday morning quarterback here. Mm-hmm. All you had to do truly was give him food and a big titted woman, right? Yeah. Like some kind of, like if you put titties in his face and had fed him, and so I don't think that he would have done jack shit. Yeah. No, if you just feed him and don't, yeah, just don't talk to him, put a fucking gag on him until he's, he's one of those people that if you let him talk, he will talk his he'll he'll talk his way into a situation where he can take advantage. He's a very intelligent kid. Yep. Now, give, soon, him, give him boobs. Interesting, Henry. I mean, that's all we can ask for. <laughs> yes. That's the thing. You give him boobs, he's just gonna figure out a way to turn the boobs to his advantage. Mm, yeah, I guess. And then when you have boobs on your side and guns, that's <laughs> all you need. Mm. Now, as soon as Pat Garrett was gone, Olinger took none of the fucking instructions. Oh. At all. Of course, because he knew and, best. He was yeah, a born murderer at heart. Well, I mean, he was more concerned with acting like an asshole. Yeah. He'd sit in front of Billy, loading and unloading his 10-gauge shotgun, and reportedly told him this very sexually charged line. The man that gets one of these loads will feel it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, I knew this was fun, prison. You want a hot pile of one of my loads? That's great. And you keep tugging at my belt. Billy. Oh my God! When are the holo clowns coming to entertain us? <laughs> oh no! This is bad. And Billy, of course, smiled and made a half joke, half threat about how if Bob wasn't careful, he just might accidentally shoot himself. Whoa. You might cover yourself in one of your big old deadly loads. <laughs> <laughs> See, by this point, Billy had already figured out how to escape his execution. He just needed an opening. So, at around 6 p.m. on April 28th, Olinger temporarily abandoned his duties guarding the kid when he escorted five prisoners across the street to the Wortley Hotel for dinner service. Oh. And this, of course, left the most capable escape artist in the Old West, probably the best escape artist in America, to be guarded by one man. And once Olinger was gone, Billy told the other guard, James Bell... Then he needed to take a break for nature and asked Bell if he would oblige a visit to the privy. Now, Bell did oblige, but once Billy was out of his cell, he ran to the top of the stairs ahead of Bell. He scampered up and turned down the hall out of sight. Then, using the same trick he'd used a dozen times before, the diminutive kid slipped out of his handcuffs. And when Bell appeared around the corner... Billy smashed him over the head with the heavy restraints. Whoa. Bell fell to the ground in surprise, dropping his gun. And after a short tussle, Billy came up with the pistol. Ooh. Now at this too point. Slow. Yeah. Now at this point, the smart decision on Bell's part would have been to just take Billy's direction and probably end up in a cell, embarrassed but alive. Yeah. But Bell panicked and therefore took off running down the stairs to go across the street and get Olinger making a split-second decision, probably the wrong one, Billy shot Bell in the back, 
and Bell stumbled outside where he died in the arms of a cook named Godfrey Gauss. Oh no, how am I going to make all the sauces and I am covered in <laughs> oh, blood? man. Talk about a Wild West scene. A cook just walking down the street and all of a sudden he's like, well, someone's dying in my hands. You know, really? Yeah, I'm just on my way to make soup. He looks like it happens a lot. I guess so. Well, Billy knew he only had a moment before Olinger came to investigate the shot. So Billy broke into the jail's armory and grabbed as many guns as he could manage, including Olinger's double barrel shotgun. Oh mm. yeah, man. No, because it's like it's so fucking cinematic. Like idea of yeah. him like going to the fucking like and opening up the door and be like, hmm, which gun do I want to use to kill fucking mm-hmm. everybody with? Cool. Yep. Billy then set up in the window of the jail where he saw Bob Olinger running across the street from the hotel. Just as Bob came into firing range, Billy yelled, Hello, Bob! He then <laughs> pulled the trigger, shredding Olinger's head and chest with both barrels. <laughs> Hello, Bob! <laughs> now, for the next hour, Billy the Kid ruled the town of Lincoln. Because Lincoln, honestly, at this point, I mean, they've had the Lincoln County War. <laughs> they've had the murder of Sheriff Brady. They've had Billy the Kid in and out of their fucking town, causing chaos for about three years. At <laughs> this point, they've been through enough. So they're just doing whatever the fuck Billy the Kid tells them to do. He ordered people to help break his leg shackles and saddle a horse. And according to witnesses, Billy was very concerned about everyone knowing he wasn't proud about killing James Bell. I just want to say I'm sorry for doing that. And that's like I didn't do it. That's a, that's <laughs> a really good point, Billy. And from what the people of Lincoln later said, Billy stood on the upper porch of the jail and talked with him, saying he only killed Bell because he ran. He said that he was standing pat against the world, and if anyone else interfered with Billy's escape, they'd die too. He get to do a whole speech. Wow, yeah. that's fun. And he's and he's telling like I'm so, like, and that's the th- like, and I think what he's doing here, what it sounds like, is that he is leaving. No, he's escaping. No matter what. And he knows that he will do anything to escape. But he also doesn't really want to kill another person. So he's up there telling them, I did not want to kill James Bell. Didn't want to do it. I did it because Mm -hmm. that's where I am right now. I got to get away. I will do the same to you even though I don't want to do it. And somehow that's scarier. Somehow oh, that's yeah. so much scarier. Because he's determined and he wants, like, we keep saying this. He has made, quote unquote, legit attempts to get out of the game a couple yeah. times before. And he does sort of mean that. But the game keeps finding him, right? He keeps getting back into the business because he says, basically, I've made it so I've, that I can't leave. I mm-hmm. have to live this lifestyle. And now he's like, he's going to say, I'm getting the fuck out of here, but I mm-hmm. will kill you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Finally, once Billy's leg irons were removed and he was ready to leave town, he broke Olinger's shotgun in two and threw the pieces at Bob's dead body, saying, quote, There's your gun, goddamn you. You won't follow me with it any longer. Yeah. But to the body of James Bell, Billy was gentler and more contrite. He merely glanced at that body on his way out and said he was sorry he had to kill him, but he couldn't help it. Billy then cursed saying that he hadn't been a bad man before, but he'd be seen as one now. And he rode out of town (laughs) with eight revolvers and six rifles, singing away the guilt through what may have been a morose version of his favorite song, Turkey in the Straw. I just imagine him going out just singing, Cotton Eye Joe. (laughs) Cotton Eye Joe. Long time ago. 
Where did, where you, come did you come from? from? Oh, God, please don't do this to me. I just got that song out of my head after 25 years of... Oh, my God. Joe. Jesus. I mean, it's Turkey in the Straw, so it's... Yeah, it's like in every trailer now, which just a fucking slow down pop hit. I hate this show. I hate it too. I hate it. And in his estimation of how the public saw him, Billy was right. Whereas before, the Billy boys could say, hey, Billy the Kid's just getting a bad rap. <laughs> but now they had to contend with the fact that Billy the Kid had basically killed two cops. Yeah, cop mm. killer, man. Mm-hmm. And as far as the newspapers went, their rhetoric about Billy the Kid became even more dramatic, almost to the point of being biblical. Here's an excerpt. William Bonnie is a young demon, a terror and disgrace of New Mexico, a flagrant violator of every law, a murderer from infancy, malignant and cruel, urged by a spirit as hideous as hell, blind to the drooping forms of widows and the tear-stained eyes of orphans, with a head untouched to pity by misfortune, and with a character possessing the attributes of the damned. He had reveled in brutal murder and gloried in his shame. He has broken more loving hearts and filled more untimely graves than he has lived years, and that he is again turned loose like some devouring beast on the public is cause at once for consternation and regret. (laughs) Infant murderer. This is Black Sunshine. Screw baby boss. I want to see infant murderer. That's a movie I want to see coming out of the womb. (laughs) (laughs) Well, going off of this extraordinarily bad press, Governor Wallace put an end to the possibility of a pardon when he issued a death warrant for Billy the Kid. Billy could now be shot and killed without impunity. Uh-oh. And his mm-hmm. end would come soon after. So you just kind of flipped it and reversed it then, Governor, huh? Oh, no, he <laughs> so made it like... going to make it a death warrant, not even close to it. That's totally opposite of a pardon. Now yep. it's kind of, But it's kind of fun, though, because now at least you know where you stand. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, he, he can stop writing letters at this mm-hmm. point. <laughs> now, after Lincoln, Billy stayed on the move for, it sounds like, about a month or so. He visited friends in Salazar Canyon, Las Tablas in a cabin off of the Penasco River. But before long, Billy felt the pull of Fort Sumner. And we talked about it last episode. It's the only place on earth where he was truly loved. And it was the place where his sweetheart, Paulita, laid her head. Where are you, Billy? Yeah. Come and give us kisses, Billy. I'll give you a kiss. All Mm. right. That's just the fucking, that's just the Jennifer Lopez voice from South Park. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. That that episode is very funny. But that's sweet, though. So he wants to go back to the place where he was loved, back to the place where he had love. Mm -hmm. It's home. But it's the only place where it's home. Meanwhile, Pat Garrett was mired with guilt over Billy's escape. See, he knew the desperate character of Billy the Kid, and he knew that Billy would sacrifice the lives of a hundred men who stood between him and liberty. But Pat had gone off and left the kid with two morons anyway. He had a job. He was sheriff. He had to go do his duties. He did. Mm -hmm. And they were supposed to, and he left them instructions. Yeah. That's what he said. I've left explicit instructions, but... Come on, he could have waited to go collect the taxes. It was like a, it was, I think Billy was due to be murdered or he was due to be hanged in like a week or two. Maybe Um, uh, that's a little clue as to the mystery that this whole show leaves us with. The idea that maybe on some, on some subconscious way, Pat Garrett was giving Billy Kidd 
Billy the Kid room to exit. No, they're probably just oh. super desperate for money and total fucking <laughs> yeah. scumbags. Yeah. Or it could also be that Pat Garrett was not quite as competent as Pat Garrett made him out to be, made himself out to be. And perhaps because of this guilt, Pat Garrett didn't rest until Billy the Kid was six feet under the ground. Oh, that's a good idea. What he needs to do is be exhausted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> from your grave. Texas Pete is a sauce and allows you to sauce like you mean it. It's what people gather around, it's generosity in its simplest form, and it's a swagger people have who know what's good. Each Texas Pete hot sauce is packed with bold, balanced flavor. This signature tanginess is what makes it a legendary hot sauce that can be used on just about anything. It's been at the center of dinner table since 1929 and is still heating things up today. You're definitely going to want to try every flavor. The original hot sauce has a famous secret blend of fermented peppers. The hotter hot sauce is three times hotter than the original, and not for the faint of heart. Sabor! By Texas Pete adds authentic Mexican flavor, and their dust-dry seasoning matches the flavor of the original hot sauce and a flavorful dry rub. Tell you what, the other day I was having myself a good old refried bean burrito, and I wanted a little bit of kick to my morning, so I got myself some cha Texas Pete sriracha sauce, and I smothered those refried beans and that cheese and them eggs and a whole bunch of cha and it started off my day. Correct. Texas Pete. Sauce like you mean it. Visit TexasPete.com and use the store locator to find Texas Pete products as well as purchase sauces and get recipe inspiration. And use the promo code PODCAST24 for 20% off at TexasPete.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It says here I have to talk about something I need to get off my chest and... I guess I can share it here. I, I eat mayonnaise for fun. It's a hobby of mine. And it's an addiction. And it's a daily weight on my life. How much I need whipped egg whites and oil crammed into my veins. As soon as I wake up. And a lot of people carry around a lot of different stressors, big and small. Some people are presidents. Some people are soldiers. Some people have to eat mayonnaise, especially with hard-boiled eggs, which is what I eat for lunch. But I guess I should share that in therapy. Because therapy is a safe place to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. And what I do is I just add eggs if I have mayonnaise left over. I just continue to add the eggs. But if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. I hope they can help me. My God, I hope they can help me. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LastPod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash LastPod. Hey, did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. That's one of my favorite things about it. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free 
plant consultation forever. Now, personally, I'm in the middle of re-landscaping my yard. I like to do it myself because I called up a landscaper to see how much it costs, and it was absolutely insane. Plus, I love dirt. I love getting my hands in the dirt, and I love planting things myself. And fast-growing trees has given me some wonderful plants that I can use. Like, I got this uh, Texas sage. It's purple. I've dug up a whole bunch of horrible bushes and shrubs up in front of my window and in front of my house and put some purple Texas sage up there, and it's going to thrive, and it's going to look real good. And I didn't even have to go to a nursery to buy it. It came to my house. Now, this spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code LEFT at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code LEFT at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code LEFT. Offers valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Now, Billy stayed with different friends in and around Fort Sumner. And interestingly, one of these friends was Pat Garrett's sister-in-law, Celsa Gutierrez. Like many people in Fort Sumner, she'd long before chosen her friend Belito over Pat Garrett, who was her hastily married brother-in-law. But there was one person in Fort Sumner who didn't like Billy the Kid at all. That man was Paulita's brother, <gasps> Pete Maxwell. I bet, man. I'd be Uh-oh. pissed, honestly. If Jackie started dating some known outlaw, that'd be yeah. a hard time for me. I didn't know what yeah, to man. do. If he's running around with his guns, you're not thinking about my sister. Mm-hmm. Now, even though Pete was absolutely terrified of Billy the Kid, Pete was still looking for an opportunity to get rid of him, and he was willing to talk to whoever to make sure that this happened, and that included Pat Garrett. Hmm. Now, since Billy's escape, Pat Garrett had shrunk his posse down to just two men named John Poe and Thomas McKinney, because Pat Garrett knew that his only chance to catch the kid was to move quickly and quietly. Yeah, and all those other goons just slow you down. Right. Yeah. And it also announces that you have arrived in town. Oh, yeah. Nice. Two guys, you're fucking in and out. For three months, Pat Garrett bided his time, all while he was getting tips from Pete Maxwell that Billy the Kid had been in and out of Fort Sumner since the escape. And on one fateful night, Garrett's patience paid off completely by accident. Isn't history just a series of accidents? Well, I Isn't think it? it also is preparation. What, what's that sentence? Not pre- uh, preparation. Where luck is when preparation meets opportunity. Absolutely. Seneca. That is called luck. Yogi Berra. Mm-hmm. No, that was no, that was Seneca. The was, <laughs> it was, there was a Roman philosopher named Seneca. Yogi Berra <laughs> said the thing where you can learn a lot just by watching. Yes. You can see a lot. <laughs> Just by thinking. It's too busy. No one goes there anymore. Yogi Bear also said if you had come to a fork in the road, pick it up. <laughs> <laughs> he might have been mentally handicapped. No, he was not. He was a sage. He was a genius. I don't know. He was a genius. Simple truths. <laughs> so on the night of July 14th, 1881, Pat Garrett traveled to Fort Sumner to talk to Pete Maxwell to see if Pete's sister had seen the kid recently. But Garrett knew that he had to approach the situation with extreme caution. See, Pat knew that if Billy the Kid saw him in Fort Sumner, one of two things would happen. Either Billy would make a getaway and never come back, no matter what. Or, more likely, Billy the Kid would shoot him in the face. Mm -hmm. Mm. And I like him! (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, he liked it, but he's like, no, if if it's between him and freedom, he'll shoot anybody. Absolutely. So it was a much safer bet for Pat Garrett to sneak into Pete Maxwell's bedroom in the middle of the night for some much-needed information. 
Creeping in from the peach orchard outside of town at midnight, Garrett and his two deputies, McKinney and Poe, heard a man and a woman talking to each other in Spanish. Now, it was impossible to hear what was specifically being said, and it was impossible to see the man's face because he was wearing a broad-brimmed hat. Hmm. Later, though, Pat would discover that they'd been listening to Billy the Kid, who was most likely having a romantic tryst with Paulita. <laughs> yeah, man. You heard the little g- he's a giggler. Oh, mm-hmm. Just like want Mama Kiss. Don't you ever besmirch my mother's sense of humor once again. Yes, indeed, she did enjoy that. Oh, banked. Fl- oh, you fuck. You're disgusting. You're disgusting. You're disgusting. And so, my mom did not. She giggled. She didn't oink. My mom was a very beautiful woman. So, unaware that their query was in town at that very moment, Pete and his men continued to Pete Maxwell's place. While Pat slipped inside Pete's bedroom, Poe and McKinney took positions on the front porch. Meanwhile, Billy the Kid was feeling peckish. Okay. He is hungry a lot. He's a kid. He, he okay. is a grown boy. He's 21. See, he was actually staying at Pat's sister-in-law's place that night. And when Billy walked into Celsa's house after his visit to the peach orchard, he asked Celsa if she'd cook him up a little meat. Now, Celsa was more than happy to oblige, but she told Billy that he'd have to head over to Pete's place to cut a slice from a side of freshly slaughtered beef that Pete had hanging. Ooh, fresh. So, yeah, very fresh. Mm-hmm. Wait, may I just ask a question? May I just ask a question, please? He's at Pat Garrett's sister's house sister-in-law yeah sister-in-law now how did that come to be what's because they just got they were all in fort sumner together like they all just kind of became friends it's a smaller community than you think it is well we mentioned it earlier they were friends before she had married they were friends long before uh pat garrett married uh this woman's sister but billy didn't think that was like maybe a little too close to the person that's trying to kill him i mean friends are friends they were they were his friends first well, so after she told him, you got to go over to Pete's to get some beef, Billy left Salsa's <laughs> home with a butcher knife in hand and his six shooter in its holster. Now, neither deputies Poe nor McKinney had ever actually seen Billy the Kid. Hmm. And although they had seen drawn portraits, it was after midnight. When they were outside Garden Pete's porch. Right. So when it's Billy dark ar- out there. It's yeah. dark as fuck. Yeah. Yeah. So when Billy arrived at Pete's place for some beef, Poe and McKinney didn't recognize him. Billy, though, was understandably jumpy. So upon finding two strangers on Pete's porch, he pulled his six-shooter and asked, Quien es? Who is it? Now, Poe was just concerned that a stranger had a gun pointed at his chest. Mm. So he managed to prevent Billy from shooting him by telling Billy that no one was there to hurt him. With his gun still drawn, Billy backed into Pete Maxwell's bedroom. But unbeknownst to Billy, Pat Garrett was sitting on the edge of Pete's mattress. Oh, just no. moments, nude. See, just, <laughs> yeah, exactly. just moments before, Pat had nudged Pete awake, and, in the, and he was in the middle of asking him if he'd seen Billy lately when Billy walked into the room. Oh, my God. But when Billy walked through the door and asked Pete, hey, who are those guys out there? Pete didn't answer him. Instead, Pete turned to Pat Garrett and hissed, that's him. In an instant, Pat reached for his Colt 
And upon hearing that noise, Billy the Kid raised his gun and asked again, Quien es? Quien es? But since he was in Pete's home, Billy hesitated on the trigger pull because, shit, he's in Pete's home. Might have killed someone close to him. Wow. But in that moment of hesitation, Pat Garrett took the fatal shot. He pulled back the hammer on his Colt single action and fired, sending a bullet straight into Billy the Kid's chest right above his heart. Billy fell to the floor, mortally wounded, and he died moments later, never knowing who it was that had finally killed him. Damn. That's like that scene in Animal House where the kid's reading the Playboy and then a woman flies through the window. Pat Garrett's like, where's Billy? And yeah. he's like, oh, right there. Right, right, right. Right. Awesome. But guess what? What if I told you all that's Fucking bullshit. Whoa! Well, is this okay. the end of the movie Clue? We have multiple endings? <laughs> what if I yeah. told you all that? A fucking fakery. Getting a little ahead of yourself here. Okay. Getting a little ahead of yourself. I'm sorry, I'm not, sorry, getting excited. Uh, getting a little ahead of yourself. I'm getting okay. excited. I'm getting excited. Now at that point, Poe ran into the room and told Garrett, You shot the wrong man. You oh shot my God. the wrong man. <laughs> no. It's pitch dark. It is pitch fucking dark in that room. Uh, and they're going by Billy's voice alone. He did not visually see Billy the kid. He just heard a voice. And Pete's like, I know that voice. That's him. And so Pat just took the fucking shot. Hmm. According to Garrett, though, they lit a candle and saw the unmistakable face of Billy the kid. Hmm. Now, having killed Billy in Fort Sumner, Pat Garrett came very close to being lynched himself. But cooler heads soon prevailed, partly because many people in town had to admit that Billy's death was kind of a relief. Yeah, it definitely takes it from a red zone to a yellow zone here. So in the end, it's finally, I guess it's good. It just gets exhausting, I think, to harbor a known super criminal it's like imagine like i'm gonna the only way i could really put this is that kanye living at that amphitheater in atlanta for like mm -hmm. a month making this stupid album how much pressure just like every day like jenner's being like is he still fucking here but like <laughs> yeah it's kind of yeah, kanye's <laughs> taking a shower right now we have to get him out of here it's like he's got a 20 person entourage and there's like a gazelle here there's that guy dressed <laughs> in the batman uniform i feel horrible for everyone working on that horrible <laughs> event oh yes but despite the horrible reputation Billy had earned at the end of his life, his death was still national news. Mm -hmm. And it's said that people remembered the day they heard about Billy's death. Like people in the 60s remembered the Kennedy assassination. Damn. Yeah, man. It's kind of like the, somebody who joined the 27 Club. He was a legend. Legend mm -hmm. done gone. I remember I was churning butter when I heard the news. I remember I was milking a cow when I heard the news. I remember I was drinking at a bar when I heard the news. I remember I was walking down the street when I heard the news. We lost him, honestly. He just became a town of people, and I don't, I don't know why he decided to build yeah, a tapper tree of yeah, NPCs, uh, but he did. I remember yeah, I was... I was just giving, naming jobs that yeah, my you just wife became, had. You're becoming <laughs> Skyrim. I was giving birth to my 18th son when I heard the news. Well, as far as Pat Garrett went, the killing of the kid was found to be an act of justifiable homicide. Afterward, Pat Garrett was the most famous lawman in America. He's like Wyatt Earp status. Woo. But he eventually blew every bit of goodwill and about 20 years later was shot to death on a remote stretch of the New Mexican desert having become a pathetic and disgraced gambling addict. Really? Damn. I wonder if it's, it's a, well it's just he just couldn't handle this this point this part of celebrity. Like or on the other hand, I don't think he just he just didn't have his shit together. He was one of those right. guys that like he had a, he had his shit together for like 3 years. And then he was, was a complex a, man. Yeah. He, he was the yeah. man that could have like literally gave up everything to catch Billy the Kid. 
Yeah, but once he closed the circuit, I think his he just it's like a string between two tight rope between two between two trees. But he cut down one of the trees, and then yep. he's just out there willy nilly blowing in the wind. That's oh. true, losing his freaking mind gambling. That's saying mm-hmm. that he even did kill Billy the Kid. Okay, we have a lot well, of foreshadowing. Well, there are some who say that Pat Garrett's reputation was never deserved. <gasps> See, as it goes with the death of any huge personality like Billy the Kid. Some couldn't accept his death, just like people couldn't accept the deaths of Elvis or Hitler. It's just too big to wrap your head around. It really is. Can you please not equate that? I know you're not they equating the, the two. I'm not equating they the, the same centers. amount of hits. It's, oh my goodness. <laughs> no, it's just, it's too big. Like these personalities are so large yes. that people can't imagine a world without them. Absolutely. And the people who didn't believe Pat Garrett's version of events maintain that Billy not only survived that night in Fort Sumner, mm-hmm. but was never even in Pete Maxwell's home. He Whoa. never rode a horse. He was <laughs> never in New Mexico. Okay. okay? Think Go, about this. Going back to the clue reference. So who'd I kill? So uh, then who, who, what's the body? That's a good who's question. the body? That's a good well, according to the Billy the Kid Museum in Heiko, Texas, the which man you killed- can take an entire virtual tour of on YouTube. And guess what? There's a lot. A lot going on there. Okay. <laughs> the man killed that night was an outlaw named Billy Barlow. And there's actually a fair amount of compelling evidence to back up this claim, although none of it is definitive. Um, according to some of the men I saw almost weeping in rage and disbelief, <laughs> there is it is definitely definitive because oh. they say it is. Uh, uh, it's... This is a passionate group of people who think that Billy the Kid is not dead. Oh, my God. Billy the Kid historians are a very, 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 very passionate group of people. Wild West historians in general, and especially amateur Wild West historians, are insanely passionate. I guarantee you we have had seven weirdly mustachioed men listen to this entire series. They've listened to this entire series and yelled at their fucking iPhone for the, the, the last six hours. They don't have an iPhone. They have like one of those like old vintage radios that they somehow still, <laughs> someone sent it to them on vinyl. I don't know how oh, they're listening they've been to this. Ye- cool. le- yelling at their fucking real player and win their Windows 98. Because I tell you what, Billy the Kid historians also did not do well with the Zoom revolution. I had several of these guys <laughs> talking about straight up being like, you wouldn't even be diff- you wouldn't even believe how difficult it is. You, uh, there's elves in the machine. There's, there's a whispers in the machine. Well, they're onto something. Well, according to the people who were present at Billy the Kid's supposed killing, the man that Pat Garrett killed that night was darkly complected with black hair and a black beard, while Billy was of decidedly Irish descent and couldn't grow more than peach fuzz. Some men are not as blessed. No, I am not. <laughs> I can only grow, I can grow a tiny, gross, tiny, tiny peach fuzzy beard. No, I yours, see your it. beard is like a conquistador's beard. Yeah, I want to see yeah, it, man. I've I want to see you grow, grow a I tried. I tried. Remember, I tried. I tried a few years ago, and it was all. It looks really, really gross. It looks I think really it's cool. Bad. I like how scraggly you are. You no, know, what I mean? you're just trying. You're just trying to find another way to make fun of me. No, wow, no, Henry, no. you would do that to him. You're no, gonna do that I to Marcus. Changes. Wow. <laughs> Furthermore, it said that when the deputy sheriff rolled over the body, he immediately told Garrett that the body did not belong to Billy the Kid, and this was witnessed by a U.S. marshal who filed notice of this declaration. Wow. Garrett, they said, covered this up by saying that they later identified the dead body as the kids. The way they did that was with the gunshot wounds. Mm-hmm. And both Poe and McKinney later both claimed, without a doubt, 
that Garrett had killed someone else and the body had been buried the very next day to prevent positive identification. Finally, the director of the Billy the Kid Museum, Sue Land, claimed in an interview that this was actually the third person that oh Pat God. Garrett had shot, thinking Wait. that the man on the other end of the gun barrel was Billy the Kid. What are you going to do? This whole fucking story and Pat Garrett's the serial killer? Yeah, man. <laughs> Is that the big reveal <laughs> of this entire thing? Let God killer. sort him out. More like a bumbling, more bumbling, more like and a at Barney At some point, Fife. you just become a serial killer. When you just constantly be like, is your name Billy? And then just like, no, no. <laughs> Can I say, like, outwardly, that just human life was not as sacred then? No. People were a little bit more like, people get shot. People get murdered all the time. Yeah, yeah. you can really shoot someone accidentally and go, ah, shit. And it's a little more accepted than today. I can't shoot like someone and go, oh, shit. Not and anymore. Just oh, get rid of oh. it. <laughs> he, had the same, uh, he had the same accuracy as uh, John Edwards from Crossing Over. Mm. Like, it seems like mm. he was just like, B, I sent a B around here. And he went, <laughs> my name is, B oh, boom. And it's like, okay, yeah. dude. At some point, you have to stop killing innocent people. I don't know. They probably weren't all that innocent. Well, I think what I think she might have been like counting like Jimmy Carlisle amongst them, you know, because remember Billy said that they had shot Billy Carlisle thinking that it was Billy the kid coming out the window. Also, um, Sue so Lands will say anything to keep the museum open because it's the only fucking thing in Heiko, Texas honestly, that exists. Well, let's I help guess, that museum out. I mean, that's a great museum. To there's have. no air conditioning. They proudly advertise. That. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't be Heiko's that happy nice, there. It's a nice. I hear Heiko's a nice enough town. It's okay. a nice. It's a it's a nice small little town. Nice. See, according to Land, Billy the Kid left Fort Sumner for good that night and went to Mexico for three years. He returned to America in 1883, but moved instead to the small central Texas town of Heiko, which is somewhat located between Waco and Abilene. Hmm. There, Billy the Kid changed his name to William Henry Roberts, but most folk around town just knew him as Brushy Bill. No, Brushy Bill, you can't even, you mean to tell me oh, Brushy Bill cannot physically lie. Is that, what does he, why was he Brushy Bill? Did he stick a bunch of branches up he his lived, ass and walk around town like a stupid turkey or he something? He literally lived in the center of a bunch of bushes. <laughs> so he's just Brushy Bill for that reason. Okay. Well, he wasn't a homeless man. It was just, he was just Brushy Bill. He, he looked was just chill. Yeah. He was just chill. When you, if you see a picture of Brushy Bill, he looks exactly like you think he looks like. Okay. Now, Brushy Bill was indeed a real person who died in 1950 at the age of 71, if you don't believe him, <sighs> but at the age of 91, if you do. I, you know, or he now. said that he was not, he didn't look great. No. Either way, he did not look very <laughs> no. good. Brushy Bill didn't look so good? No, no, no. no, 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 no. Brushy Bill was like, the only way to describe it was a prospector chic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? They can strike gold sometimes. But just before Brushy Bill died, he got it in his mind to go public with the claim that he was Billy the Kid. Because he was Billy the Kid! <laughs> well, he wanted to finally get that pardon from the state of New Mexico before he gave up the ghost. It's the principle <laughs> of the thing, goddammit. And it was very stressful for Brushy Bill. He Aww. had to take his one pair of overalls, he went down to the courthouse, and he knew, because he's like, And I knew there's those types of desperados searching for revenge against Billy the Kid. And so he showed up all nervous, being like, I'm going to admit one time, I'm Billy the Kid. Whoa. The most charming outlaw that the law never did catch. Whoa. And he was taking his life in his hands, dude, because okay. he knew that right then, they could all hang him on the spot. If they wanted to. <laughs> oh, you can't hang Bushy Bill. 
Well, Brushy Bill. Well, Brushy Bill came. Brushy Bill. Brushy Bill. Brushy. It's Brushy. Brushy. Which is ironic because I don't even own a comb. I'm sure not. (laughs) Well, Brushy Bill came into contact with a probate investigator named William Morrison. Morrison said that he was absolutely convinced of Brushy Bill's story, especially after Bill showed him all of his scars, which happened to match the five bullet wounds suffered by Billy the Kid. He also said very loudly that he was Billy the Kid. (laughs) And those five wounds were in addition to 21 more bullet and knife scars. Jesus. Yeah, because people don't know, man. He also, like, because there's a lot of people that say, well, oh, Brushy Bill didn't speak Spanish. But if you talk to some people, they say, oh, Brushy Bill was so Spanish, you might as well think he's Mexican. And the other guy said that, oh, Brushy Bill was illiterate. Billy the Kid was, he could read and write. There's no way Brushy Bill's Billy the Kid. But I'll tell you what, Brushy Bill's letters were so eloquent and so well put, you may made you may should have made him the poet laureate of Heiko if you have given the chance. But that's what some people say. Indeed. You don't know if that's what some people say. You he just, just said, said it, so it. some people do say yeah, it. He's a person. And I should know, because I can still smell Palita's sweet pussy. Okay, bro. Okay, <laughs> Brushy, we gotta go now. Brushy, we gotta get you out of the courtroom now, Brushy. Come on, Brushy. But of course, Brushy Bill didn't get his pardon and died a famous coot. <laughs> he is the oh. most famous coot. Appropriately. And he also, he died. Oh, this is the saddest thing. Brushy Bill died. Because he went to Santa Fe to try to make one last plea to the governor to get his pardon, and his body couldn't take it, so he got sick right after the trip and died. Yeah. So he died trying to get the pardon. He did, and that's what they said, and that's the one indicator that it is, because of how... How stressful it was for him Perhaps to tell the world. He's been hiding. He's been so scared. He's yep. big, he's now he's Brushy Bill. He's Brushy he's a, Bill. He's been hiding his truth under the brush. He's covered in little, you know, those little like b- those balls with the spikes on them. I have no idea <laughs> yeah. what those are, but I do know what you're talking stickers. about. Stickers. We just call them stickers. Yeah, he's oh, covered okay. in tumbleweed shit. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> he used to be fucking, oh, so much fun. I guess. I think he's just a 71 year old man in 1950. And there's just not going to be a whole lot you can do once he gets sick. I, no, it no. might be the fact that he, yeah, <laughs> yeah, just old. But the mystery of whether or not Billy the Kid died that night in Fort Sumner, it's persisted long past Bill's death in 1950. And in fact, Brushy Bill's story was forgotten until Young Guns 2. Wow, <laughs> thank you, Young Guns, again, Emilio. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but once DNA testing became prevalent at the end of the 20th century, someone got an idea to boost tourism to New Mexico. To finally put an end to the debate and to get some press in the process, someone got the idea in 2003 to dig up Billy the Kid's grave in Fort Sumner and to dig up his mother's grave. Then... They what a fun come. idea. I mean, it is kind of fun. I would be there. I'd be like, pick him up. I've got yeah. two ideas, guys. Hear me yeah. out. Yeah. Then they could compare the DNA in the two bodies to see if they matched. But when officials showed up at the Fort Sumner Cemetery, they were informed that all of the headstones had been washed away in a flood a hundred years before, well, which that's... made it impossible to identify which body was Billy's. Yeah, I don't even bear about any about it here. And I'll tell you what, there's never been a grave robber here. This is every YouTube video I watch of people talking about the the fact that there's no way that Brushy um, Bill is not Billy the Kid. Why wouldn't they just dig up Brushy Bill and, and Billy the Kid's mom and see if they matched? They couldn't find any one of them because they lost all the headstones for the oh, other even two bodies. The mo- okay, so yeah, everyone's they couldn't okay. find the mom. Yeah, yeah. Now, nice. Brushy Bill has actually has a very nice grave. 
Uh, it says it, there's a big granite piece that says Billy the Kid above his name. It's, it's very, okay, yeah. so they took he took it to the grave with him, literally. But did. that's why it's very important to Heiko. This story is very important to Heiko because they said it keeps him alive. And okay. this is the people that also said this, the, the various old, other, I'm almost going to say these t- times, modern coots talking about <laughs> this subject where they just being like, we got to go up to that museum because it's the only thing to do in town. Also, sometimes I come over and I show these kids a brand new invention. Have you heard of ketchup? Whoa. <laughs> they do amazing things with tomatoes nowadays. Absolutely, they do. A little too much sugar in the ketchup, though. Could use less. So we'll never know for sure if Billy the Kid survived the supposed shootout with Pat Garrett. But mm. like the community that loved him back in the day, personally, I hope that the New York orphan lived out a long life having taken the pardon that was denied to him so many times. We love but- you, Billy. We're looking for you, Billy. As a fun coda, though, after the DNA testing didn't work out, New Mexico Governor Bill Richardson... (laughs) He didn't turn out to be so good, did he? ...announced in 2003 that he was finally going to give Billy his pardon. Thank you. Wow. Thank you. Wow. Because he hoped to extend this tourism stunt. Sure. But after Bill Richardson fucking hemmed and hawed for pretty much his entire fucking tenure as governor... He finally decided in 2010 to follow in the footsteps of his predecessor in reneging on the promise. What does he think it's going to be army of darkness? Does he think the skeletons are going to rise? And be like, Oh, thank you for my pardon. Crackly, crackly, crackly. What is wrong with these people? God, he's a moron. This okay. makes me the most rootinous, tootinous, littlest cowboy in the whole damn world. I'm going to arrest Bill Richardson. I'm feeling rooty, tooty, rooty and tooty as well. Yeah, Bill Richardson speaking to someone who might end up being arrested. Who knows? Well, in other words, Billy the Kid is still an outlaw, and an outlaw he will remain. And I'm wanted, wanted, dead or alive. I mean, Ooh. at this point, it's more shot down in a blaze of glory. Woo. Well, I never do first, but I drew first blood. I'm a devil's son. Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, regulators, <laughs> Prefer to be captured alive. All right, Billy the Kid. All four parts. Wow. Absolutely fascinating story. I had no idea that there was some rumors that he was still alive as of the 1950s. Dude, which is absolutely insane. We didn't even cover all of the people. There are multiple people who claim to have been Billy the Kid. There was one guy who said that he had a gun. He's like, you know, I'm Billy the Kid because you see this gun's got 21 marks on it. That's for all the 21 men that I killed. Yeah, but you can just put those marks on there. No, yeah. no way. There's no, no way no. any human no, can put those no, marks no. on there. Not possible. No, no, no. Um, and also, just we now know that the again is a part of the the Billy Gate scenario and the big Billy the Kid market coming in and making money off of this. The first po- photograph of Billy the Kid, that little tintype photo, that it sold for over two million dollars. And now, just recently, the gun that quote unquote killed Billy the Kid just sold for six million dollars yeah wow that's that's a lot of money in these so-called deniers of the real story of (laughs) Billy the Kid well no matter what it's a fascinating gun and uh for some eccentric billionaire out there I'm just Mm -hmm. happy he didn't use that six million to purchase any human beings or any sort of health (laughs) he could have done anything Um, with that money all right everyone well (laughs) thank you so much for listening to this educational series we'll be back to blood very soon oh yes next week we got a heavy hitter coming for you but that was absolutely freaking awesome we want to thank everyone who came out to see us this past weekend detroit columbus and cincinnati y'all were so unbelievably wonderful so thank you guys for just 
Detroit being rock and roll. Co- Ooh, uh, Columbus, man. just a great comedy city. And Cincinnati, just absolutely freaking awesome. Everybody's so thank so cool. you all so much. The Q&As have been so much fun. Uh, yeah. It's really meant a lot to us getting to really like, I don't, I don't know, like I feel like this time we're getting to know people more. Like I, it's it's really fucking cool. Oh. It's, we missed you so much. Yeah. No, no, it's it's the, it, the compared, to, compared to the old meet and greets, this is the girlfriend experience. That's what oh, yeah. Marcus yeah. continues to say, which I'm sure his wife loves <laughs> all right thank you all so much for listening and again when it comes to the live shows check out for all the protocol you guys will be getting emails you get them in we're just emails. trying to do this shit as safely as possible so the vax cards and all that stuff again th- you guys are being so wonderful we're just trying to get yeah. back to normal life out here everyone's being so unbelievably freaking cool at one of the venues um we talked about this on side stories one of the guys was like we were talking to security and he's like, oh, podcast, they can get crazy. Corolla was here and there was a fight in the stands. Holy Y'all shit. are just so much better than Adam yeah, Corolla's fans. Because they're all normal. Like, yeah. It's so funny because even though you all look scary half the time, you're all like so normal. So that's nice. Yeah, we haven't yes. had a fight at a show since uh, Seattle, like 2017. Seattle, 2016. 2017. Yeah, 2016, 2017. I think it was 2017. Yeah. And I'm actually kind of happy for Seattle for being tough that one time Um, (laughs) all right everyone thank you so much for listening hope you're safe out there keep on supporting all the shows here on the last podcast network okay hail yourselves hail satan again congratulations naomi littlest cowboy me and my tiny horse it's kind of technically a flamingo but i call it (laughs) we're having fun out here in the hamptons that's where i I wrangle them up in the hamptons and i go and i get some nice mimosas in the morning and and i hit by the beach in the afternoon and i read a nice book and then sometimes i go hat chopping with me and my my little girlfriends and stuff like that and it's just nice to be a soft cowboy on the east coast i love it let's go to cabo wabo together cabo wabo This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors, you can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. This is Comedy Bang Bang, the podcast, the promo, and in 30 seconds, I'm going to tell you why you should check out the show. I, the host, Scott Aukerman, have a lighthearted conversation with famous celebrities like John Hamm, Allison Williams, Phoebe Bridgers, Bob Odenkirk, just to name a few. Things go a little off the rails when different eccentric characters drop by to be interviewed as well. Each week is a blend of conversations and character work from your favorite comedians as well as some new hilarious voices. Comedy Bang Bang, the podcast listen every monday wherever you get your podcasts you ever meet someone who seems kind of off whether it's a creepy neighbor or random phone number that keeps calling you truth finder has you covered you can search for people by name address phone number email and more truth finder can be especially helpful for running confidential background checks on anyone you're planning to meet from online dating apps go to truthfinder.com podcasts for a special offer That's truthfinder.com slash podcasts to access your special offer today.